Well, good morning. It's uh, good to see you all here this morning. Uh, if you came hoping to see Pastor Brian, he's uh, taken the, the day off and uh, getting a little break, and so you're stuck with this retired old guy. And uh, just uh, looking out, oh, thank you. <laughs> Uh, just uh, very grateful to be able to be here and to uh, share God's word with you. Uh, one of the things that uh, really jumped out at me uh, this past week, and I just felt like I had to share some thoughts on it with you this week, and that was as I was uh, hearing that a number of universities and places had shut down Thanksgiving. They were not going to celebrate Thanksgiving. They were not going to do anything about Thanksgiving. And uh, I think, you know, as you're all aware, it's one of those things that is becoming more and more uh, prominent in our lives that uh, people don't want to, to do some of the things that we have historically done. And I know that there are some historical things that go with that, that, uh, that they're thinking about, and I'm not uh, criticizing that fact, but I, I just, uh, thankfulness was just resounding in my mind and, and heart uh, for a number of days, and so um, I, I decided to, uh, to do some scripture reading and uh, thinking about some of the, the scriptures that uh, talk about, about being thankful. And uh, there are a number of places that I could have gone, uh, a number of verses that we could be talking about, um, but I've, I've chosen to uh, do some of uh, the writings from Paul, uh, so we're going to do uh, several uh, of those, and um, uh, hopefully uh, we'll be able to uh, help us to just think about what really being thankful is all about and why we should be thankful. Uh, we have many uh, good reasons to be thankful, especially with our walk with the Lord. And so we're going to start with uh, Romans uh, chapter 1, verses 8 to 12. And uh, if you have your Bibles, if you want to turn there uh, and uh, just uh, listen to what uh, Paul has to say as he's uh, writing this letter. Verse 8, first, I thank my God through Jesus Christ for all of you. Because your faith is proclaimed in all the world. For God is my witness, whom I serve with my spirit in the gospel of his Son, that without ceasing I mention you, always in my prayers, asking that somehow, by God's will, I may now at last succeed in coming, succeed in coming to you. For I long to see you, that I may impart to you some spiritual gift of strength, to strengthen you, that is, that we may mutually incur, be encouraged by each other. Uh, in our faith, both yours and mine. Uh, so Paul here is writing to them and he's expressing uh, thankfulness uh, for uh, his relationship with them. And uh, a big part of that is their faith. And as you read this, uh, one of the things that I hope kind of comes to your mind, it, it did to mine, is like, if somebody were to be writing to Bethel Baptist Church in Marquette, you know, we are not the church of Marquette. We're one of the churches of Marquette. You've heard me say that before. We're part of an uh, evangelical group of churches that preach God's word. If somebody were to write to the churches in Marquette, would they praise us or would they be thankful to God for our faith? Is that what they would be concentrating on? And I would hope that all of us would say, yes, that's what we want. 
is that people would be thankful for our faith. And as we read that, I hope you picked up on what, it, what he said about the faith was that it is a witness to the whole world. We want to be a witness in our community, right? We want to, we want to be known as a church of people, and he's talking to not just the building, obviously. He's talking about to the church. We are the church. And he's saying that they are a witness. And if he was writing about us, I hope he would be writing that he's thankful for our witness in this community and maybe in other places where people hear about us and they hear about our faith and they understand uh, who we are in Christ Jesus. And so he's thankful for them and he's thankful for the witness that they have around him. And then Paul tells them uh, what he does for and about them because uh, of uh, their relationship. And so let's look at a couple of those. Paul expresses thanks to God for them. He, he says that a number of times uh, where he's talking about the fact that he prays and he's giving thanks to God for them. You know, I, I, uh, I have to admit that sometimes I don't uh, thank God enough for you, this, this body of believers. Uh, I do thank God for you, and I, I, I do it fairly often, but I probably don't do it often enough because I am very grateful to many, uh, all, well, all of you, but many who have had impacts in my life, in my family's life. People who, uh, without even maybe even realizing it, have expressed a word or said something that has really spoken to my heart and life and encouraged me and blessed me. And that's what Paul is saying here. He's saying that he's thankful to God for them and he expresses that. He's saying, I pray for you on a regular basis, praying and thanking God for you and the impact that you've had in my life. And then Paul uh, says that uh, he has uh, further instruction. Um, he's uh, saying here that uh, he wants to come to them. When, he, when he's saying that, what he means is, hey, I, I, you know, I've sent people to you, I've communicated to you in letters, and that's, I want to come to you, I want to sit down with you, I want to have conversation with you. Uh, we can mutually encourage one another. Uh, you know, mutual encouragement. I, I, I hope that you have been a part of a group that when you sit down and you study God's word or you're just maybe just having a meal and somebody says something and encourages you and blesses you, that, that, that helps us to keep moving forward to, to understand that God has a purpose for us in our lives and in the lives of other people. And so he's, he's saying, I want to come together. We're going we're gonna to study more together. There's going to be further instruction, but also there's going to be some mutual encouragement. We're going, to, we're going to encourage one another to press on, to keep moving forward in our faith and in our walk with Christ. And we, as the church, need to be doing that on a regular basis. We need to come together for instruction and for mutual encouragement. I don't know about you, but uh, I think it's a very natural thing for all of us to have those seasons where, you know, something just doesn't go right. Things aren't happening the way we had hoped or whatever. And we can get very discouraged. Very, you know, you, you might be 
Uh, one day you might be super encouraged about something and the next day something happens and it's kind of like your legs were cut out from underneath you and you, you just need somebody to come alongside and say, hey, it's okay, God's got this, you're going to move forward, tomorrow things will be better. You know, he's in charge here and he is uh, taking care of all of this. And so uh, he really uh, encourages them with that. And then he says, we'll have a time to reap a harvest among them. What is he talking about here? What he's talking about is that he wants to be able to come there, share the gospel, to, to tell them about Jesus Christ, how Jesus Christ had, had come into this world while we were yet sinners and he died on that cross, that he was buried dead, but he was raised back to life and ascended into heaven and he's still sitting at the right hand of God. That is a hope and a promise that we sang about a little while ago and we heard about. That is a promise, not based on any man, but on God who has made this provision for us. Do you ever think about that? Do you ever stop and think about, you know, I don't deserve my relationship with Jesus Christ. I've done nothing to deserve that. But look what he has done for me. While I was his enemy, I was a sinner. And Christ still came and died on that cross for me. Do you ever, do you ever stop and think about that? And you ever try to, to tell other people so that they will have that hope and promise that we sang about as well? That's really what the church should be about. So he's wanting them to, to mature. He, in other words, okay, once you've trusted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, then you need to grow up. Okay? Uh, you, you need to mature. You need, a, you need to become more than just an infant in the faith. Now, we all started as infants. That, that time when you've trusted Christ as your Savior, and you look at that and you say, oh, yeah, that, that's kind of when, you know, when, I, when I became a Christian. But then, what do you have to do? You have to start learning more about him. And what salvation's all about. And so you, you get into his word and you're studying it and you're learning it. And you're growing in your faith and maturing. Some people mature more than others. But we still want to grow up. We want to get past that infantile stage in our lives. And then we want to become more obedient. Is that an easy thing? <laughs> it is not, is it? Being obedient sometimes, is, it just goes against our very nature. We want to reject or rebel or do whatever we want to do on our own, and yet God is calling us to be obedient followers, obedient children of his, to come back to him over and over again. And so Paul is encouraging them, and he's saying, I want you to become more uh, obedient in your spiritual walk. Well, next I want to turn to 1 Corinthians um, and we're going to be in chapter 1, 1 Corinthians. First Corinthians chapter 1, verses 4 to 9. And if you notice, you're going to see a theme here that kind of uh, is consistent with Paul's writing and his thankfulness. Verse 4, I give thanks to my God always for you because of the grace of God that was given you in Christ Jesus, that in every way you were enriched in him in all speech and all knowledge, even as the testimony about Christ 
was confirmed among you, so that you are not lacking in any gift as you wait for the revealing of our Lord uh, Jesus Christ, who will sustain you to the end, guiltless in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is faithful by whom you were called into the fellowship of his son, Jesus Christ. So in Corinthians, in, in Paul's letter, Paul is telling him, or telling them that he's thankful uh, for the church. Um, I am so grateful that we belong to the church. And the church, as I said earlier, isn't just Bethel. Uh, many of you know that, uh, I, I, and I still continue to do this, uh, uh, I meet on Wednesdays with our, our Evangelical Pastors Prayer Fellowship group. And we come together, and I'm so grateful for those guys. I'm grateful for the opportunity that we have to, to uh, talk about the Lord and talk about our churches and, and just, just have the fellowship with them. And, uh, and so we're part of the church. But notice that it also includes individual believers. The church isn't just the group, but each and every one of you are part of the church. You know the, the scripture, I, I just read it this morning, about, you know, the, uh, you, you know you're, you're all part of the body, right? And, you know, if one part doesn't feel like they belong, doesn't necessarily, they, but they're still necessary, right? If you, if you don't like your heart because your heart, you know, deceives you <laughs> from time to time, you're not going to get rid of it, right? Or you won't be around anymore. Uh, and, and so that's the way it is. I love Bethel. And there are people here uh, who I just, I just look forward to being able to spend time with and to visit with and to have conversation with. Yeah, especially my daughter-in-law, yes. Um, and and uh, she just gave a little, you know. So, uh, uh, but, uh, but I truly uh, love individuals within the church and I love being able to spend time and, and look forward to it. Our Tuesday Bible study group that, that meets every Tuesday morning you know, I, I, I sit there, I always sit in the corner because, uh, you know, a little police officer, I got to look at the door. And I, and I sit there and, and I, I just, when people come in, I'm just so glad to see them. And, and occasionally we'll have somebody who hasn't been there for a while and we just, we, we rejoice in, in those people coming and joining us. Individuals within the church are important and we are thankful, we are to be thankful for them. And that's what Paul is saying. And, and he's saying that uh, he uh, cares about the church and he cares about the individuals in the church. Second, he's thankful for the grace of God. Aren't you grateful for the grace of God? Do you know where we would be without the grace of God? We would be lost without hope and without anything, right? But it's the grace of God who sustains us and who holds us in spite of who we are as people. And that's an awesome and amazing and wonderful relationship that we have with an awesome God. And so he's uh, grateful for the grace of God. And, and he says that the results of, those, uh, of that grace is enriched speech, enriched in knowledge, that spiritual knowledge, testimony of Christ seen in them, and they are not lacking as a body any spiritual gift. Our spiritual gifts are important, but our spiritual gifts are to be used in a proper way. And here he's praising the Lord for their gifts, but later he's going to challenge them on how they use their spiritual gifts. And if you become a Christian, 
You are given a spiritual gift. Do you use that spiritual gift? The encouragement is, as Christians, we should be using our spiritual gifts. Some are given the spiritual gift of of teaching. I love to sit in a class where somebody is teaching and, and I'm learning something new from the Lord through that person. Some people, their spiritual gift is prayer. Some is encouragement. Some is hospitality. Do you ever, do you ever go to a, uh, somebody's home and, and you just walk in and you just feel like, wow, this is like being home. This is awesome. This is wonderful. And, and, and that's a, somebody who has a gift of making you feel like you're at home when you're in their house. And, and, and so those are just a few of the, the many spiritual gifts. But gifts from the Lord, spiritual gifts, are to be used for him and for his glory, and they are to be used in a correct and proper way. Uh, next, I will look at Philippians chapter 1. Do you notice that they all been, they've all been chapter 1? Philippians chapter 1, verses 3 to 8. Philippians 1, 3 to 8. I thank my God in all my remembrance of you, always in every prayer of mine for you, all making my prayer with joy. Because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now, And I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. It is right for me to feel this way about you all, because I hold you in my heart, for you are all partakers with me of the grace, both in my imprisonment and in the defense and confirmment of the gospel, confirmation of the gospel. For God is my witness, how I yearn for you all, with the affection of Christ Jesus. You know, uh, he's writing here to the Philippians and, and uh, he, he's aware of their struggles, their difficulties, um, but he's also very much aware of the things that they had uh, been doing and the way that God was uh, helping them and working through them. So Paul is saying here, I'm thankful for their partnership in the gospel. Now, I shared with you a little while ago uh, what the gospel message is, right? It's Jesus Christ came into the world while we were yet sinners, was crucified, he uh, died, was buried, and was raised back to life again and ascended into heaven where he's still sitting at the right hand of God. So how do we participate in the gospel with him? We first of all believe that, Right? We trust that that's true. We, we believe that in our hearts and lives, and we allow that to, to kind of dictate how we are going to live our lives. But then we have to feel confident and free to be able to share that gospel. Many uh, children that I have talked to over the years have, have uh, told me about how their mother or their father or grandmother or grandfather, somebody who has shared the gospel with them, and they don't always understand it fully, but they do understand, and they understand that they need to give their hearts and life to Jesus Christ. Some people say, well, I don't know, you know, I don't know how to witness to somebody. I don't know what to tell them. The greatest witness that all of us have is the testimony of what Christ has done in your personal life. 
If Jesus Christ has changed you, if you have become a true believer of Jesus Christ and he has brought you to a point where you know that you're going to spend eternity in heaven with him, that is a witness. And you can share that with a lost and hurting world. The gospel is not some hidden secret thing, but it's something that we are told in many locations within the Bible of what the gospel is. The gospel is our only hope. And he's saying the partnership in the gospel, the partnership is we are all out there sharing. When, when our praise team and choir were up here singing, they were singing about the gospel. The scripture reading that you heard, the readings that you heard this morning are sharing the gospel. It's that message of hope that we have through the finished work of Jesus Christ. Are you sharing it? Are you telling others about it? Are you making sure that you know what's going to happen and then that God will complete the work done in them? Complete the work means that he brings us all the way to the end. He doesn't let us go. And, and our hope isn't built on some thing. It's built on some one. That one is the creator God. That one is the Savior Jesus Christ. That is our hope. That is our promise. That is our, our trust. And that is what he is commending them for. Their partnership in the gospel and knowledge that God will complete the work that he has done in them and is continuing to do in them. Well, let's turn next to Colossians chapter 1. And uh, we're going to read verses 3 to 14 here. And uh, Colossians is... It, it's one of those books that I don't know, I, I don't read it as often. I mean, I read through the Bible every year, but I don't read this one as often as I do many of the others. And yet there are some really uh, wonderful things in here. And I uh, just want to share uh, these verses from chapter 1, Colossians. We always thank God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray for you. Since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love that you have for all the saints, because of the hope I laid up for you in heaven. I'm sorry, not I laid up, the hope laid up for you in heaven. Uh, of this you have heard before in the word of the truth, the gospel, which has come to you as indeed in the whole world it is bearing fruit and increasing, as it also does among you since the day you heard and understood the grace, of, the grace of God in truth. Just as you learned it from Epaphras, our beloved fellow servant, he is a faithful minister of Christ on your behalf and has made known to us your love in the Spirit. And so from the day we heard, we have not ceased to pray for you, asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding, so as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him, bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might for all endurance and patience with joy, giving thanks to the Father 
who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. He has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved Son, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of our sins. Now Paul acknowledges here that he did not plant the Colossian church. Epaphras did, but he is praying for them anyway. There are uh, people there that he knows are brothers and sisters in the Lord, and he's praying for them, he's concerned for them, he's talking to them and encouraging them. So what is he thankful to God for with them? Well, first of all, their faith in Jesus Christ. And I, I said earlier, I, I, you know, I wonder if people would uh, acknowledge that. Would, would people acknowledge if they knew us from Bethel Baptist Church in Marquette as having faith in Jesus Christ? Would, would they recognize that, that we are Christ's followers, that we have faith in that solid rock who has provided for us a means of salvation? Would they see that in us? Would they understand that? Or would they, would they hear and see us being those who are cowering in fear because of all of the things that are happening around us today? I hope they would see us as having faith in Jesus Christ and the, and the promise of his return. We don't know when that is, but we do have that promise. And we know that when he comes, he will take us to be with him in heaven. Well, next, he is thankful for their love of one, for one another. You know, that's one of the things that I really appreciate uh, in the church is when I see somebody respond to a situation and, and you can just see that they, they love a sister or brother who's going through a difficult time and they'll come alongside of that person and, may, and maybe give them a hug or, or spend some time in prayer for them and with them. I have to, to say my wife is probably one of the best people at this that I've ever known. There, there are times when, uh, you know, I'm feeling like the Holy Spirit is saying, you know, you should pray for this situation, and I don't do it. And then all of a sudden, Anne will come over and, let me pray for you. And she'll start to pray, and, and uh, it really touches my heart because I know that it's a love for that person. Uh, yesterday, she had a phone call about somebody who was struggling. It was from a, a wife, and, and she called and was talking to Ann, and, and uh, our grandson and his wife were there, and, and, and Ann and I, and, and uh, she said to the lady, can I pray, pray for you? On, and so she prays for her on the phone, and the three of us bowed our heads and prayed along with her as she prayed. And, that, and, and that's what it is. That's demonstrating love for one another. When you see somebody who's struggling through a situation, you come alongside and, and pick them up and encourage them and, and help them in their walk. That's demonstrating love for one another. And then their understanding of the grace of God. I've already talked about the grace of God. It's important for us to understand that. Because there's times when, when we fail, when we, we fall short, where we sin, and we know that we have, and, and, and we might become like, oh, no, am I gonna, oh, is this going to cost me my salvation? And yet, over and over, we're told of the grace of God, which surpasses our sins. Because of that grace, he forgives us in spite of who we are, even though we don't deserve it. Well, let me just share with you a, a briefly a couple of quick comments. 
Ann and I came to know Jesus Christ as our Savior through this church and the ministry of uh, somebody from this church. And I've shared this before, but uh, one of the people uh, who was here every Sunday morning, and I was working, I was on the police department, I was working uh, shift work at that time, afternoons and midnights, and so if I had been uh, when I first became a believer, I would come on a, after a midnight shift and I'd sit out there and I'd be going like this the whole time. So uh, sometimes I just decided not to come because I'm not going to stay awake anyway. But there was a man by the name of Mr. Swanson. He was an older man. And uh, he would make a point every time he saw me. He would come over, oh, it's nice to see you this morning. How are you doing today? And, and he would just encourage me that he remembered who I was. And if I wasn't here because I was working or I'd been uh, you know, up late, he would go to Ann and he'd say something to, and welcome her and ask about me and how I was doing and that sort of thing. That, that's the church ministering to a young Christian family. And they encouraged us, or he encouraged us and he blessed us. Another example is Elwood and Arlene Erickson, some of you might remember them. Elwood and Arlene were very involved here at, at Bethel. And as young Christians, they were mature Christians, and, and they kind of took us under their wings. And, and I would say now that they mentored us, but it wasn't, we weren't ever you know, like brought in and said, well, would you like us to mentor? They just brought us into their lives and, and ministered to us on a regular basis. And we spent a lot of time with them, and they answered many questions, and we worked together on so many things. And I remember a lesson that we learned one time from Elwood. We were stuck at some friend's house because of a snowstorm, and they were going to just spend a little bit of time there, and then they were going to move on. But because of snowstorm, they ended up spending the night there as well. So the next day, we were all kind of sitting around. We were having some... Uh, time of fellowship, and so Elwood was going to do, do a teaching, and he was going to be teaching uh, about these people that are in uh, the Bible, and you can't hardly even say their names. And so he said, I'm going to help you to remember these names. It's Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And he said, just remember, shake the bed, make the bed, and the bed you go. That's like a long, long time ago, and I can still remember it like it was yesterday. And when I read Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, I think of what Elwood Erickson taught us there that day. So my, why am I telling you about this? And I could tell you about many, many other people. There, there were so many people, uh, the pastors that we have had here who have spoken into my life, who became friends, who, who treated us uh, in ways that we certainly did not deserve. We recently had a chance to go to Grace Church in Gladstone and, and uh, attend a service there. And our former pastor, Tim Haugen, was pa uh, preaching there. And, and uh, he's the uh, uh, senior pastor over there right now. And uh, just it was great to see them and, and, and uh, so many others. Uh, Julie's dad, uh, Pastor Bob Donaldson, was not just uh, my pastor, but he was one of my best friends. We would hunt and fish together, and, and uh, they would come over and Christmas carol with the kids on, on Christmas Eve. And we just, we, we were good friends and good, and, and, and all of those things come alongside and they build you up and they help you to grow. And so here's my question for you today Who are you? thankful for today.
Who are you grateful to? Is it God? Is it the Lord Jesus Christ? Do you tell him regularly how thankful you are? As the world might try to shut us down and stop us from saying thank you, thank him. If somebody in the body is doing something for you, praying for you, helping you, whatever else, be thankful for them. Be thankful just that you can see them. Be thankful that they come and shake your hand and greet you. Be thankful for people. Are you demonstrating your thankfulness? Do you demonstrate your thankfulness to other people by the way you live your life? Are you thankful for your salvation? Do you model that and demonstrate that for other people? God has called us to be thankful. Paul had many reasons to not be thankful. If you think about it, he was persecuted, pushed, shoved, all kinds of other things. And yet every letter that he wrote, he says thank you for them. And he's praying thanks for them. Think about being thankful for people in the church, for Christ and his work in your heart and life. Be thankful. We are serving an amazing and awesome God, and we have to remember that and be thankful for it. Would you join me in prayer? Lord God, I'm so grateful, first of all, for salvation through you and your finished work on the cross, Jesus. I know, and many here, I'm sure everybody here knows that they don't deserve it, but, but we're grateful for your amazing grace that far exceeds anything that we could hope or expect on our own. So thank you for that. I'm thankful, Lord, for this church. I'm grateful that I'm part of a body that loves you and wants to follow you, that encourages one another, that blesses one another. I'm grateful to belong to a church where your word is preached and taught. Thank you for uh, Pastor Brian and his messages. Thank you for the rest of our staff that make every effort to share your word with this hot, lost and hurting world. Lord, I thank you for the hope and promise that we have in your finished work upon that cross. And Lord, I'm thankful that I know that when you call me home, I will be with you in paradise. Not because of anything I've done, but because of your finished work on that cross. For it is by grace we are saved through faith and not of ourselves. It is a gift of God. Thank you for that gift, Lord. In Jesus' holy name we pray. Amen. Amen.